from Wondery, I'm Robbie Damond, and this is Who's Amazing Life. You've heard of people who changed the course of history, but before they made their mark on the world, they were people like you and me, still figuring out what they wanted to do with their lives. On this episode, you will be that person everyone knows. You might be a musician, or an athlete, a scientist, or a painter. You may know what the person accomplished later in life, but now you can experience everything they faced along the way. From challenges and heartbreak to triumphs and excitement. All the moments that built this person into someone who would change the world. There will be clues, so pay attention. But only at the end will you find out who you are. So sit back and imagine your amazing life as the Hothead. You're in a school cafeteria, standing in a crowded line of kids who are all laughing and talking, but not to you. It's your first day here. Another year, another new school. Thankfully, it's time for the only good part of the day, lunch. You slide your tray toward the lunch lady. Pizza, sloppy joe. Can I have both? The lunch lady glances at you and her eyes widen. Gosh. That's all. It's 75 cents extra. You know without looking exactly how much money you have in your pocket. $2.57. More than most days, but not enough for the double entree special. You clench your jaw, annoyed, but then take a deep breath and nod. I'll just take the sloppy joe. You turn to face the lunchroom full of kids you've never met. Ugh. This never gets easier. Come on, you tell yourself. You should be a pro at this by now. In your 15 years on Earth, you've lived in 15 states and one foreign country. But no matter how promising each new school seems, something always goes wrong. Someone always rubs you the wrong way, and you explode. You think of the words your mother said as you were leaving this morning. Think of today as a fresh start, and whatever you do... Don't lose your cool. You spot a table with just one kid sitting at it. His face is buried in a comic book. You take a seat and a bite of your sloppy joe. It isn't awful. You're about to take another when a guy in a jersey struts up. Hey, me and my buddy, we, uh, we have a bet. Here we go again. You already know what this kid's going to say. He thinks you're a full-grown adult, like an undercover cop or something, sent here to spy on us. <laughs> and I think you look like you're 40, but you're actually just a giant freshman freak. <laughs> a white-hot rage rises up in you, starting in your tattered sneakers and taking the express elevator up to the top of your head. You're not just mad at these two jerks. You're mad at all the jerks that came before. You're mad at your parents for making you go through this again. A new school with new bullies. You're mad at the whole world. Close your eyes and remind yourself, don't lose your cool. So which is a new kid? Copper freak. 
A fury comes over you like something out of the Incredible Hulk. You stand up, rear back, and shove the kid in the chest, sending him flying through the air. He crash lands against a pile of discarded lunch trays, sending sloppy Joe meat everywhere. The whole lunchroom is stunned into silence. Your heart sinks. Even after your mom's warning, you hopped right back on the temper train. So much for making a fresh start. When you get home from school, you can smell that your mom made your favorite pasta before you even open the door. You feel guilty. After what happened today, you don't deserve her special lasagna. You're home early. How was it? You swallow hard. I got suspended for a week for fighting. Your mom's smile drops, and her weary face nearly cracks into pieces. You feel terrible. She's got so much stress in her life as it is. Your father has a strange job, one with inconsistent paychecks and weird schedules, which means he's gone half the time, and money's always tight. Your mom wipes away a tear. I know you feel like you have to be the man because your father's gone so much. But real men know how to control their tempers. You wrap your mom in a hug, the way she used to hold you when you skinned your knee or dropped your ice cream cone. It's just that these days, instead of folding into her arms, you tower over her like a skyscraper. I'll do better, Mom. I promise. Your mom nods and hands you a bowl of pasta. You're starving. All you had today was that one bite of Sloppy Joe before getting kicked out of school. With the cafeteria incident replaying in your mind, you can't help but wonder if you'll really be able to live up to your promise. A week later, you're back at school. You're taking every possible step to avoid, well, everybody. Today, that means ditching the boys' bathroom and using the restroom in the teacher's lounge. Between your size and your mustache, you pretty much pass as a grown-up anyway. You're halfway through your business when you hear a voice behind you. You know you can't be in here. You know that voice. It's Mr. Swick, the senior science teacher. He's also the varsity football coach, which would intimidate most freshmen. But you're not most freshmen. I'll leave when I'm done. You finish, zip up your jeans, and turn to meet Mr. Swick's stare. He doesn't say a word, but he doesn't back down either. You saunter to the sink, take your sweet time washing your hands, and leave, feeling cocky and proud, like you got away with something. But the feeling doesn't last long. Later that afternoon, you start to feel guilty about how you acted. Why were you such a jerk? Why do you always let your anger get the best of you? So the next day, he stopped by his classroom. Mr. Swick, I'm sorry for how I acted yesterday. You offer your hand. Mr. Swick looks at it, then up to your face. Then he shakes your hand. For a long time, really, he won't let go. It's like some kind of superhero mind meld situation. I want you to do something for me. Okay, you got a lot of aggression, clearly. I know a place where that's okay, where you can channel it. 
I want you to come play football for me. It may sound crazy for a guy your size, but you've never considered joining the football team. Or any team sport, really. You fly solo. It's always been you against the world, and maybe that's your problem. You look Mr. Swick in the eye and say, I'm in. By the end of the first week of practices, you're in love with football. For the first time, you're part of something bigger than yourself. Your skills on the field improve, and so does your social status. And whenever you feel yourself getting frustrated, whether you're at home or in school, you say to yourself, save it for the field. And most of the time you do. By junior year, you start to daydream about playing professionally. How cool would that be? You train hard, and by the time you're a senior, college recruiters start scouting you to play for their teams. It's not a daydream anymore. It's something that could actually happen. And then, your dream comes true. You get an offer to play football for the University of Miami on a full scholarship. On the day you leave home, you give your mom a big hug in your driveway. It's all gonna be better. From here on out, I promise, I'm gonna be awesome in Miami. And then I'll get drafted to the NFL. I wanna buy you a house and a car and you'll never have to worry about. Your mom cups your chin in her hand. Just promise us that you'll keep a cool head, okay? Nothing can stop you except you. And that temper. I promise, Mom. It's a promise you've made before. But this time, you truly feel like you'll be able to keep it. Unless, of course, something really pushes you to your limit. You're in an arena in San Diego, playing your heart out as a defensive tackle for the Miami Hurricanes. For the most part, playing college ball has been smooth sailing. You love the game, and even more than that, you love your team. You do anything for these guys. You adjust your helmet and get set for the next play. Suddenly, you hear yelling and shoving, and not the normal kind you expect to hear on the field. A massive fight is breaking out between your team and the opposing one. You're not sure what the fight's about, and you don't care. When you see a player shove one of your guys, you don't hesitate. Hey! Back off! That legendary fuse of yours has been lit. And now you are going to annihilate the first San Diegan who crosses your path. Unfortunately, the unlucky soul isn't a player. It's the team mascot. You whip off your helmet and chase after the giant puppet with uncorked rage. I'm gonna kill you! Get back here! The terrified mascot sprints past the end zone, scales a wall and disappears into the stand. The crowd... He's dumbfounded. And as you look back at the field, your teammates are too. Later that night, a clip of your meltdown makes every sports highlight show in the country. I'm gonna kill you, get back here! You always wanted to be on TV, but not like this. Your mother calls. What were you thinking? I was thinking I wanted to smash that guy. No mystery there. I don't think the NFL is big on people who kill mascots your future on the line. Your mom is right. You thought you had a handle on that anger, but it's like the villain in a scary movie. Every time you think you've knocked it down for good, it gets back up again. The next year you graduate college, 
Despite the mascot incident, the experts are all predicting good news for you on NFL Draft Weekend. That's when professional football teams take turns choosing college players to add to their roster. You wait by that phone for the call. But no calls come. Nobody wants you. You put all your chips on the space marked NFL and came up a loser. How can this be happening? Were you just not good enough? Or was it your anger? Did the pro coaches see the mascot clip and decide, we don't want that maniac on our team? You're crushed, but you have to find a way to move forward. And you do, in Canada. It's not the NFL, but hey, at least you can say you're a professional football player for a few weeks. Not long after relocating to Canada, you get cut from the team. Your football dreams have crashed, burned, and are finally exhausted. You pack your bags and board a plane home. After landing back in the U.S., you walk through the airport to baggage claim with your head down, feeling like a total loser. Here with us is Miami alum and Tampa standout rookie Warren Sapp. Warren, tell us about what was going on. You look up at a TV hanging above one of the airline gates. Sure enough, there's Warren one of your former college teammates, and he's being interviewed on ESPN about his breakout season. He's grinning from ear to ear. You can't help but think, that's supposed to be my life. You don't even have enough in your wallet for a cab ride home. And your old pal Warren's a millionaire. You could feel angry. Anger comes easy to you, but you don't. Because lately, you've been thinking about a plan B your career. And there's only one person on earth who can help you make it happen. Dad? Um, I need you to come and get me from the airport. My football career is over. What happened? Did you lose your temper again? You knew he was going to ask that question. No, I swear. Football just, it isn't working out. But Dad, I have a new plan. I know it's crazy and a hard life, but I want to do what you do. I want to go into the family business. With your old teammate's voice ringing in your ears from the TV, you sling your luggage over your shoulder and take a deep breath. This is going to be wild. Hey, grown-ups! Power up your family's playtime with the Nintendo Switch system, the home of Mario and Friends. Jump into the unexpected with Mario, Princess Peach, and more in Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Or challenge each other to a race in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Go to Nintendo.com and browse the full lineup of Nintendo Switch systems. Additional accessories may be required for multiplayer mode. Games, system, and some accessories sold separately. You're in a hot, windowless gym on an Air Force base in Tampa, Florida. It's your first training session for what you hope will be your new career. Your coach is a man named Ron Slinker, a friend of your father's. And boy, is this guy tough. Six foot four, 260 pounds, and totally fearless. Ron once let an archer shoot arrows at him, and he would grab the arrows out of the air as they whizzed by with his bare hands. That's tough. And totally insane. Ron steps behind you on the mat. All right, 
First thing I'm going to teach you today is how to lock up. To start, hold your right arm. Your other right. It's your first lesson, and you've already made a dumb mistake. You feel the blood rush to your temples. It would be so you to get so angry at yourself that you blow your stack five minutes into your first lesson. You know if you did that, you'd just be sabotaging yourself. So you make a joke out of it instead. <laughs> I knew that was the wrong arm. Just checking to see if you knew. Ron chuckles as if to say, nice try, kid. Then guides your right arm behind his back. So, you put this hand behind your opponent's neck like this. Then Ron positions your other hand on his neck. Then your other arm becomes intertwined with your opponent's arm. Like this. Yeah, good. Hearing him say good makes you smile. After crashing and burning so badly in football, you really need this to work out. And you'll savor every compliment you can get. So now we're just going to walk around the mat in a circle. And come back together in the center and lock up. That's all we're going to do today. Over and over and over. You walk to the corner of the mats. And when Ron gives the call, the two of you start circling. Stalking each other like lions in the jungle. You do this for several minutes. Finally, Ron nods. This is the cue for you to meet him in the middle and lock up. Instinctively, your arms go to the exact right place. A surge of adrenaline shoots through you. You catch a reflection in a mirror and you love what you see. This is the man you've always wanted to be. Football was great, but it didn't feel like it was in your blood. Like your father and your grandfather before him. You were born to be a professional wrestler. After just one training session, you feel ready to spar with your father. You quickly discover that the old man still got it. He has no intention of going easy on you. One tackle. Drop down. Do it again. As you wrestle your father for dominance, you find yourself executing moves that you haven't been even formally taught yet. You just instinctively know them from all those years of watching your dad. And now you're turning them around on him. You are a natural. You work hard, you learn fast, and the doors open. Within a year, you're already making a name for yourself as a newcomer on the pro wrestling scene. You get invited to compete in the prestigious Survivor Series under the name Rocky Maivia, and you win in front of a sold-out crowd at Madison Square Garden. It feels incredible, but there's something strange about it. For some reason, the victories don't feel like your victories. It's almost like all of this excitement is happening to someone else. Because, in a way, it is happening to someone else. In the world of professional wrestling, competitors take on roles. Almost like actors in a play. There are good guys, called babyfaces. And there are bad guys. They're called heels. Because you're young and have, let's be real, amazing teeth. The league decided to make you a babyface. A nice, sweet guy who smiles, win or lose. It doesn't really feel like you. But the opportunity's amazing, so you grin and bear it. And grin, and grin. Four months later, you're in Chicago for WrestleMania 13, 
where you'll be taking on one of the company's most notorious heels, the Sultan. Your girlfriend and your parents have flown up from Florida to watch. All the signs are pointing to an awesome night. The announcer calls your stage name. Rocky Maivia! And you run out for your big entrance, ready to high-five and greet all of your adoring fans. But instead... Did someone else just walk in behind you? A famous murderer, perhaps? You crane your neck around. No one's there. It's just you. They're booing at you. But you're supposed to be the good guy. What is happening? Suddenly you're back at that middle school cafeteria being taunted by bullies. You feel that old anger of yours start to bubble up inside your chest. But you can't express it. Heels are allowed to get angry, but you're not a heel. You're a babyface, and babyfaces are happy and nice and smiley. So your mind reeling and your muscles tense, you paste on a smile. Even when you go on to spectacularly defeat the Sultan, the boos and taunts continue. You don't know why, but the fans have turned on you. Once again, you feel like the new kid in school who everyone hates for no reason. You do a lot of soul searching trying to figure out why everyone thinks you stink. One night, you ask your girlfriend for her honest opinion of your wrestling alter ego, Rocky Maivia. She thinks about it for a moment. Honestly, I think he's very entertaining. And handsome, of course. But he's not you. You lean forward, nodding furiously. I know, right? This guy's smiling when he's getting beat up. Who does that? That's not me. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's not you that the fans don't like. You know exactly what she's trying to say. Is that they can tell I'm a phony. That I'm not being myself. You want to get back in the ring. But not as the feel-good Rocky Maivia. Sure, you're a nice person. A guy who doesn't truly want to hurt anyone. But the truth is, you do get mad sometimes. You think about what Coach Swick said back in high school. When he first wanted you to join the football team... He didn't say it was wrong if you sometimes got angry. He just said you needed to find a way to channel it. Maybe if you harness your temper in just the right way, you could bring your whole personality to the mat. And maybe people would even like you for it. Six weeks later, you return to the ring. This time, you're not the sweet, smiley Rocky Maya Villa. You've decided to go in the opposite direction. You're a heel. This version of you is cocky, funny, bombastic, and yeah, a little angry. You trash talk your opponents. Stone Cold Steve Austin is without a doubt the biggest piece of Texas trailer trash walking God's green earth. You boast about yourself. I'm the most electric man in sports entertainment, period. And you smell what The Rock is cooking. You've kept that promise you made to your mom all those years ago. You figured out a way to keep your cool. To channel your legendary temper into something productive. And fun! Sure, you've got a short fuse, but you use it responsibly. And you back it all up with athleticism and raw talent. Best of all, the fans fall in love with you. Even though you're a heel. It turns out that even when you're a bad guy on the mat, 
your kind heart still shines through. As you climb out of the ring, you grin at the mix of cheers and boos. Hey, you can't please everyone. As your wrestling career takes off, it opens other doors you never would have expected. You've played over-the-top characters in the wrestling world, and now Hollywood directors want you to try acting in TV and movies. In addition to starring in huge franchises like The Fast and the Furious, you do lots of movies for kids like Moana and Jumanji and Jungle Cruise. You even get to join the superhero world when you step into the role of Black Adam. As your star continues to rise, you find ways to give back. You create charitable foundations to help kids with all sorts of challenges, from medical issues to academic obstacles. And every time you make a movie, you have an official Make-A-Wish Day, where kids who are sick visit the set and the whole cast and crew comes together to give them an experience they'll never forget. You know being a kid can be tough, so you do everything you can to help kids push past the hard days. Oftentimes when I see kids and they have been labeled, oh, they're punk kids. True, but there's good in them. And we gotta see that potential. And I enjoy that today, seeing potential in kids, especially kids who are kind of wayward and they've been going through it. I know what it's like. You've proven that it's possible to be a tough guy and a good one at the same time. You are Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Who's Amazing Life ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus Kids and Apple Podcasts. Grown-ups, before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. From Wondery, this is Who's Amazing Life. This episode contains reenactments and dramatized details. While we can't know exactly what was said, we use many sources when researching our stories, including biographies, documentaries, articles, and interviews. I'm your host, Robbie Damon. This episode was written by Dennis Hensley. Our producers are Matt Almos and Jennifer Klein. Editing by Alyssa Adams. Matt Gant is our coordinating producer. Audio assistance by Sergio Enriquez. This episode was sound designed by Andre Plus. Tonja Thigpen is our managing producer. Executive producers are Jenny Lauer-Beckman, Stephanie Jens, and Marshall Louie for Wondering.